Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura, and today we are joined by Katie Williams from Chicago Patchwork Farms and Joan Obendorf, market manager of the Andersonville Farmers Market. Chicago Patchwork Farms is a vegetable farm dedicated to transforming contaminated city land into biodiverse community space while improving accessibility of health food to their neighbors and is located at 2825 West Chicago Avenue in Chicago's Humboldt Park neighborhood. Chicago Patchwork Farms has been a vendor at the Andersonville Farmers Market since 2014. Welcome Katie and Joan. How are you both today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. So Katie, Chicago Patchwork Farms is quite a diverse operation. Can you tell us more about what you produce on the farm and about your CSA? Sure. So we are primarily a vegetable farm. Um, and since we grow for a CSA, we grow a wide variety of vegetables. A CSA is when people pay at the beginning of the year and then they get a bag of vegetables every week. So in order to keep our CSA members happy, we have to vary what goes into their bag because we're deciding for them what they're going to eat that week. Um, so we grow a, a variety. We try to grow a little bit of everything. It's great. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into farming? So I got into farming um, after I dropped out of college. I dropped out of college because I was like disenchanted with um, formal education. So I started pursuing uh, learning about things that felt more tangible. And uh, one of the things I, I decided to try out was food and how food is made and grown and prepared. So I worked in like a couple restaurants and I worked on a farm. And then I fell in love with farming um, and I've been farming ever since. So that was, I don't know, 12 years ago or something. And what led you to becoming a vendor at the Andersonville Farmer's Market? Our friend recommended the Andersonville Farmer's Market yeah, she had been uh, selling there and then they left and they said there is a spot there for a small scale organic vegetable farm. So you should apply. And we did. <laughs> and we're very happy you did. <laughs> and this question is for, you know, both you and uh, Katie and Joan. Um, but what are people supporting when they purchase food from a local farm or a farmer's market? Um, well, uh, first and foremost, of course, they're supporting small farmers um, they're supporting local businesses because the farms and uh, all our producers and our processors who make prepared foods or baked goods are all um, sourced within 200 miles of the market. So it's really a, a great, another great way to shop local within Andersonville. Um, and, you know, obviously if they're shopping, they're not only supporting the vendors, they're also supporting the market and helping the market stay strong. And what does sustainability mean to both of you? Um, I would say that at its base level, sustainability means doing something that can be done over and over again for um, a very extended period of time. So it would have to be something that is either uh, the resources are cyclical or um, in some way it sort of restores itself so that it can be repeated. I think that sums it up really well. I would also just say too that to me sustainability sustainability has a very positive connotation in that you are not depleting resources but you're allowing them to continue over the long term. I'd also say this is kind of weird. I actually when I was like 18 I got the word sustain tattooed on my uh, arm and at that point in time what it meant to me was just the idea of only taking what you need because only that which will sustain yourself. Um, 
And the idea that that's kind of part of the basis of sustainability too, is being aware of what you actually need. That's a good message. So I read somewhere that you really enjoy the science <laughs> behind farming. Can you talk about that and what problems you face as a farmer? Hmm, okay. Yes. So when we first started farming in Chicago, we realized that one of our major issues was going to be soil contamination because so much of Chicago's land is contaminated with heavy metals and um, other sorts of uh, byproducts of industry and fly dumping on the west side. Um, so we had to do a lot of research to educate ourselves about the pathways that the plants use to take up the heavy metals and um, the different chemistry that's happening in the soil uh, to make those metals available to the plants and also available to humans if they are taken up by the plants. So that's very interesting. Uh, I don't know what else. Yeah. What would, you, what would you say is the hardest thing to grow or vegetable to grow? In an urban environment, it would be the things that take a lot of nutrients and a lot of time. So I would say the hardest things are Brussels sprouts, which we don't even grow. Um, cabbages, broccoli, cauliflower, um, those things are the hardest in an urban environment. Okay. Each, each environment's going to have its own thing that's going to be its hardest. Each farm will have its own specific challenges, I would guess. And, and for someone kind of getting into farming, what, is, what would be the kind of the easiest thing for them to try at home? Like if they were going to do a oh, garden the in their backyard or on their thing. patio space? Um, the easiest would definitely be buying starts or little baby plants from a nursery or a farmer's market. Um, the best plants to buy would be things that, uh, produce throughout the season. So the fruiting plants like tomatoes, cherry tomatoes are even easier than big tomatoes. Um, peppers, eggplants always get small varieties if you're growing by, um, in your backyard because you probably don't have enough sun for a giant bell pepper, but you probably have enough sun for little bitty baby bell peppers or little eggplants. Um, and then after that, once you sort of, uh, have mastered the art of planting somebody else's plant. The things that I would recommend direct seeding would probably be radishes are very easy. Carrots are very easy. They like any soil. Um, but anything that you direct seed, so anything you buy little seeds and you put in the ground, you're going to have to replant over and over again, which mm -hmm. is something that lots of home growers don't realize at first. Okay. Yeah. And then do you have a favorite vegetable you like to eat? Uh. Probably sweet potatoes or winter squash. I like the orange, the orange vegetables. That's okay. my color. How about you, Joan? <laughs> oh, golly. Um, I really, I do love Brussels sprouts. It's kind of like having to pick your favorite child because I like almost every vegetable. <laughs> um, but I do love Brussels sprouts. And I have to say, I discovered shishito peppers mm, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And they have become sort of an obsession for me. And um, I pretty much stock them at the market. And I am going to try. <laughs> I have a shishito plant that I'm going to put in my garden. And I'm hoping I get a few of my very own. Yeah, that's a good that's a good how do you like to choice. how do you like to prepare it? Um, I like shishitos really simply. So I either will put them in uh, like a hot oven with some olive oil and salt and just let them cook, or I'll do the same thing, sautéing them in a frying pan. And then we just we like literally put the bowl on the table and everyone kind of digs in. That's they're just delicious, <laughs> and they're a little surprising because what is it like every tenth pepper? Yeah, is it every tenth? Right? Like there, there's so true. Yeah, it's like so true. Every tenth pepper is I was like, a hot no big, one. I was like, I got a plate of them, um, and and I was like, no big deal. This is yeah. no big deal. I tried the next one, 
all the water. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. yep, yeah. And you never know because it, it's totally not how they look. You know, the color has nothing to do with mm-hmm. it or the size. It's just, I sort of like that bit of uncertainty. Yeah. Risk taker. Yep. Joan. <laughs> yep. So Katie, you rent the farm out as an event space. Can you tell us a little more about that and if you've had a favorite event? Hmm. Okay. So everything we do on the farm, we price on a sliding scale. So that's an important part of our mission. So our events are the same way. So we just ask people who book our space to kind of think about how much money they make and how that relates to their neighbors when they decide how much to pay for the space. Um, And then, yeah, our event space is actually in our public gardens, which are open to the, to our neighbors all the time. It's just an unlocked fence. Um, so they can come around and like enjoy our flower gardens and our native gardens too we have back there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's kind of a nice, you get to see the vegetables. We always do a tour during the events of the vegetable farms of our vegetable, um, garden and with the chickens and the, the cats. And this year we're going to have a pony. Um, yeah, so it's fun. Um, and my favorite event is, would probably be, I've had two friends get married there, so those were fun, because then we just got to, like, dance. My mom came once, got to dance with my mom. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a nice way to support, then, the farm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it is actually a great way to support your local farm, because mm-hmm. <laughs> vegetables, there's no money in vegetables. No. They're perishable. I think psychologically, nobody wants to spend money on things that they need. I think that there's a psycho- psychology to that. People budget their, people budget their uh, food in a way they don't probably budget their like vacations. So, I don't know. I also think people don't always really understand how much it costs to grow their food. Oh yeah. Because there's been so much subsidy, and you know, you go in the grocery store, and and it's underpaid just workers. So different, so. yeah. And so it's it's really a mindset, and I also feel like that is hopefully something people get from the market where mm-hmm. they understand that if someone's really out there growing things and, you know, doing it on a local level that the the quality is so much better. You get what you pay for and mm-hmm. you just, you know, have to sort of understand and kind of reshift your mindset. And also little. getting to ask the farmer about how they treat their employees, I think is an important question. And when you can't ask people, you can't ask at the grocery store. Um, there's, pl- I, I don't know the statistics, but I would guess that the vast majority of the food you can get at the grocery store is grown by somebody who is making like a much below minimum wage and living in pretty hard conditions. So that's a nice thing you can ask at the farmer's market is like, what is your wage for your employees? And do they live on the farm? Um, Do you try to provide them work in the off season? Those sorts of questions. And I guess that brings us back to the sustainability question, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're, what are you sustaining by, Mm -hmm. by purchasing items at the farmer's market? And it's, it's, you know, a, a lifestyle for a lot of people that way. So. Yeah. Lifestyle and you're sustaining, you know, the soil too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we do price a premium at the market on people who either grow organically or use, you know, sustainable methods. Mm-hmm. So Joan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a part of the market. Well, okay. Um, well, I'm a long-term Andersonville resident, and um, when I heard that there were some plans to try and get a farmer's market in Andersonville, 
I got really excited. Um, I had been a member of a CSA for many years, and I, you know, did my best to buy locally in the summer. And so having a market that was in my neighborhood felt amazing. So I volunteered and got involved on a volunteer basis the first season. Um, actually, at the end of the first season, got hired uh, along with one other person to do some sort of part-time work for the market. And then the following season, um, I knew that they were looking for a new market manager. And so David Oakes and I, who was the other person who was volunteering and also got hired on, uh, decided to co, you know, offer ourselves as co-managers. Um, and the chamber hired us. And so we've been doing it ever since. Um, David's moved on to a full-time job within the chamber. So this is my first season running solo. And I'm uh, I miss him, but I'm excited to be doing it on my own as well. Um, it's made me even more appreciative of David because I see all the hard work that he did that I wasn't aware of because it wasn't on my plate. Um, but it's it's great. I love I love running the market. I love all aspects of it. I really love our vendors. Um, I love being able to have a relationship with our vendors. I love being out on the street and talking to people. Um, you know, it's just, it's a great job. I, I really enjoy it. And what can we expect from the market this season? Are there any new changes or vendors you would like to highlight? Yeah, um, we we do have a few new vendors. Um, we're, uh, you know, our, we have a very high retention rate with our um, our vendors, our returning vendors. Um, so it there's always limited space for a few new people, but we do manage that. Um, let's see. We have a couple new prepared food vendors this year um, who are coming in to replace some that unfortunately are no longer with us, <laughs> no longer able to be here um, because their their lives have changed or their they're businesses. not dead. They just no, 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 no. But business, unfortunately, businesses close or people mm-hmm. focus elsewhere. So um, we are going to have an um, East Indian food purveyor prepared foods which is going to be delicious delicious yeah tried it yes so Laura good. got to try it yes. um yeah and she's going to have like curries and samosas and chai and lassies and you know so it's going to be really yeah you're gonna like it Katie you're gonna like it yeah um we really don't get time to go get anything to eat so it's really nice having delicious food at the market and then we also have a crepe maker um, they're located in Evanston and they're going to be part of the market this season too. And their stuff is delicious, but on, in terms of non-prepared foods, we are excited because we were able to offer Chicago Patchwork Farms an additional vendor space this year. So they are going to have twice as much space. So they'll have twice as much great stuff. We have another organic farmer who will also be adding space, Gray Farms. Um, so we are going to have a nice amount of organic fare. And then finally, we are starting a new organic microgreens vendor, American Pride Micro Farm, and they will also be with us this year. We are very excited. Yes. Well, Joan, you also work at Deflowered on Balmoral, but when you're not running the farmer's market and working there, what business in Andersonville would you trade places with for a day and why? (laughs) Well, hmm. Um, there are so many great businesses in Andersonville. That's a tough one. However, I am a big reader. So I think I would have to choose if I could to go over to women and children first. Um, particularly if I could be the person who gets to read all the new books 
that are coming in so that I could then read them and let people know about them. That would be a dream job. Okay. I believe they are hiring a part-time person. So if you, are they? If you need to, to... I don't know if I can put another job in my life, but that's very tempting. Well, thank you both for being here. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Katie and Chicago Patrick Farms, please visit chicagopatrickfarms.com. You can see Katie in person starting today, Wednesday, May 9th, and every Wednesday through October 17th at the Andersonville Farmers Market on Berwyn in between Clark and Ashland. For show notes, please visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.